and good morning. Welcome to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. In a bannerless fan studio, we come to you an hour early this week. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, and we've added Steve Petosha to the mix. Tell you what, if i got to get up early for a show, I'm going to drag Steve Petosha here with us because we're going to have two shows today. A lot more about that later, but we're happy to get one started this morning. Good morning first to you, Dave Cook. Good morning, Brian. Yeah, you knew we were we were early when the people sleeping in front of the bank were still sleeping in front of the bank. Normally, they're gone by the time we get here. Well, there's that. I usually hear the phrase sleeping in front of the bank, and I think maybe Dave's just in line early for the Gophers football opener because, believe it or not, that will be Thursday this week already. And it wouldn't matter because it's sold out. Right. Which is always a good sign. Gophers, Nebraska, next Thursday night. Tis the season because I'll tell you this. For most people, the end of summer is Labor Day weekend. But being married to a teacher, they are treating, and I'm not speaking for all teachers. Maybe I did on accident there. But my wife is certainly treating this weekend as kind of the end of a season with summer kind of fading. I look outside today and it feels that way. And I think, again, to you, Dave Cook, this is your kind of weather. But then you're going to leave it today. Tell everybody yeah. where you're headed the second the show is over. Yeah, we're uh, Ma's moving back. So we are uh, going to be in Arizona for a couple days, 109, 107, 107. And then we're going to do it again next week because we didn't have enough of it the first week. Let's do it again. Right. So. There you go. So you've heard the voice of one Dave Cook. But on this show, there are three, which means there's time for two more. Good morning to Steve Petosha. How are you, sir? Good morning, Brian. Good, good morning, Dave. Yeah, I, I, I do not envy you heading oh, to triple God. digits by, by any means. I... Well, and I told him, I said, if you really wanted that that bad, all you had to do was go to Minneapolis on Wednesday. Yeah, no. Well, that would have been humid. See, that would have been worse. I think. Right. But yeah. Well, go. But, Steve, but you, you said you said it's a dry heat, and I said conditions like that. That's a dry heave. You said it wrong. Yeah. No. That's like walking into your oven versus your sauna. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of difference. No doubt. And back to Steve Patosh. It's a big day for us today. Yeah, it's an exciting day as we uh, we we love our Vikings and we get to talk a little bit more about them. Absolutely. That is the big reason why this show is early today. My apologies to all the diehard fantasy football weekly listeners. We dive in today 9 to 11 because Vikings pregame. The final game of the preseason kicks off at noon. The final game of the preseason takes on a different look per se these days because it's a three game preseason this time. But it really doesn't take on a different look for the Vikings regime because it sounds like nobody you're going to be hearing commonly on Sunday or at least not many are going to be involved today. Yeah, that is kind of the that's kind of the interesting part about these preseason games. Now we're we're probably not going to see a single player that's going to play during the regular season today. But you know, it's it's these these kids' last opportunity to put some some game footage on 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 tape for some coaches, and you know maybe create some opportunities in the league down the road. So you know, it's 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 a worthwhile venture that in that sense. So I, I think what Vikings fans can watch today, looking for a couple things, and and one is because. Again, I'll say it. I think our team is paper thin, um, and we need it's got the depth of a puddle. Well, that's my that's my point, and I think we need to look at these backup offensive linemen because we can see our backup offensive linemen and say, "Oh my gosh, they're getting torched." But if they're getting torched by second and third team players on the other team, that's the that's the thing that I'm looking for. Did Oliulo figure out some stuff last week? Did or, you just have a stroke? I think yes. you said Oliudo. But or, yes. or, <laughs> did he figure some stuff out, or is he still just a pylon? And if he well, is, and that's kind of the expression that Oliudo has left us with when he tries to make a block. You just kind of go, oh, oh, oh what is he doing? <laughs> but that's the difficulty with the phrase backup offensive lineman, because the problem with the Vikings is some of these should be backup offensive linemen. Those are our starters. Yeah, the interior right. of this line, it's tough to watch. 
it is tough to watch and, and that's exactly what I'll be watching. So I'm excited to see, you know, if there's any hope down in the future for a couple of guys here that'll be playing for some backup spots. Well, absolutely. And, and defensive lines, the same thing. We were, right. ta- I was talking about this with a buddy the other day, you know, we used to be able to name one backup de- off defensive lineman anyway, because that guy had a chance, right? If he gets playing time, good Lord, I can't even tell you who our backup defensive linemen are and I'm a line guy well and I'm not sure I can tell you who the starters are and hopefully part of that is we don't know who Brian Flores is going to go with hopefully it's excitement about the new regime but I think it's a little bit more of what you're tending to go towards with this soliloquy if you will it's uncertainty of who's who on this defense and we're going to find out it's going to make for interesting post-game analysis regardless of the score today and post-game analysis we'll have more about this in hour number two but something we're going to get to do today it's going to be the debut of a new show time for two more and it's going to be the two of us, Steve Petosha and myself, taking calls, giving, and also taking Viking opinions. It's going to be interesting because I will die on the sword of preseason does not matter. But if it's a foreshadowing of what's to come, there's concern. Hey, the preseason matters because Vikings fans love their team and, and we're watching it. You right. know? And, it and it's football But the reason on the I field. say it doesn't football. matter is because people will cry if they lose and rejoice if they win. And please don't look at the scoreboard when it comes to preseason football. It matters, but take the score out. Right. Look at the statistics and see what all these kids did and spend your time in USA Today. Right. I, I mean, I quite honestly, you know, not that you're ever hoping for a loss, but if they lose, it's their one one loss closer to a record. So why not? We talked about the, <laughs> the record right. the record that the uh, the Ravens, you know, just completed, you know, last week with all the, with all those wins. Right. So, you know, the, the Vikes are on the other end of that. And what well, the heck? It's the preseason and it doesn't matter. So. And don't forget the other side of it. KOC, like you said, didn't win a preseason game last year. Last season, playoffs aside, pretty entertaining, pretty fun. Yeah, not too bad at all. I, I just think we had a chance to be r- really good. Um, every, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. Within a year, every team in the NFC North has a shot. You know, I mean, even the Bears, if they get a couple of guys right and they and they don't put their quarterback in situations, well, they're going to be goodness, a lot better, too. If you ask their fans, they have the greatest quarterback since sliced bread. It's really, really kind of sad. Yeah, Green Bay thinks that, too. Well, but they've never lost a game. Just ask them. They're in love Still with undefeated somehow. I see what you did there. Yes. Pun game is strong with Dave Cook. It's early. <laughs> so it is time. the end of the preseason. In some educators' minds, it's the end of the summer season. And that got me thinking when I called you this week, Dave, I said you know what, we should focus on ends of seasons. And in Minnesota sports, there's been plenty of disappointing ones. So the topic du jour for the opener today is going to be which season-ending losses for the Big Four or beyond, if you want to, were the toughest for you to take. Because we can say that we're hardy, we're seasoned, we're resilient, because we've had to deal with a lot. But which ones were the toughest? You look ready to say something. You got the Joe Biden finger going. Yeah, go ahead. I got something. Here's the deal. I got something. That was a little more Ross Perot by me, but go when, ahead. When you <laughs> said, hey, when you said hey, Dave, think about this, I was, as a Gopher fan. Oh, I thought I stumped you and I said, think about this. This is fairly Dang right it. up This is fairly right up my wheelhouse. We got the Holy Crosses and the Unions and the Michigans. Like, I know about losses, Ross. So those are some of my favorite ones. But what are the, what are the toughest ones to get past? My... My thought was Vikings, Twins, Wolves, Wild. Yeah. We could put North Stars in there if you need to. But if you want to start collegiately, go ahead because UMD hockey can play that game too. I mean, you can you can talk about the Bowling Green one probably first. There was a Denver one when Junior Lassard won the Hobie. There was another Denver one when UMD had its national title consecutive run. The one team that made the Frozen Four and didn't win it in that run to me was the best one, the Dom Tan and Auto Group and Company. 
so we can morph this into college hockey inadvertently to start to satisfy the gopher guy. My, the turntables. No, I was trying to say. <laughs> no, in this case, uh, the gopher, gopher hockey has to own this one because the losses have been pretty spectacular. Right. right. That's fair. So which one of the big four yeah. do you want to start with? Because, again, Minnesota sports, you know, K-Fan, the mothership, they call it Loserville, USA. We've been there, done that with a lot of disappointment. There are some easy ones, low-hanging fruits if you want. But there are some deeper dives to be had and, and some room for discussion on a lot of these. Well, I'm going to I want to start with the 87 team against Washington okay. in, the, in the in the final, um, because it wasn't that far away from when the Vikings were going to Super Bowls. So it kind of felt like I mean, it was a decade, but think about in a, a decade. Of speaking, no. Yeah, it was a decade versus, um, oh, 45 right. years, 47, whatever right. it is. So the fact that we were in that game wasn't this gigantic Oh my gosh, we haven't been in this game forever because we we had been right, um, and then we were in a spot to win, which again wasn't terribly surprising. Like it was an overachievement. Don't get me wrong, but we'd been there before. Everybody listening to the game pretty much had been there before, yeah. and and then for it to go, you know, and and Dan, Darren Nelson between the two and the zero, that was one of those uh, that was hard. I think it's one that I should have probably come up with because it's the first one that I truly remember feeling that Viking disappointment. And it really should have prepared me for three and a half decades after that because yeah. the 87 team, I was eight. The only reason I didn't put it on there, that was a strike season. It wasn't that disappointing because we'd only been watching those players for about three, four weeks after it happened. Yeah, that's also true. So that should have been on there, but for me, it wasn't. Well, I, I, I'm i 100% with you on that one. I, I That was the first one that popped into my mind, that 87. I, I still remember exactly where I was sitting in my parents' living room. You know, with I was going to say I was in, in my hand. I was in Joe Weber's living room. I said plush Pippin. Nice. Yeah. Before it was orchards. Work, working man. Okay. When it was plush. Pippen. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. And I remember the that, that feeling of just that he couldn't have not caught that. Right. He, you know that didn't right. just happen. Like how, how? Wait. No way. There's another play. Right. That that's not real. And so. And again, I've brought this up before. There's a urban legend, if you will, out there that that ball was actually intended for Anthony Carter. And Darren Nelson kind of got in the way. I've never seen, you know, the wide angle yep, I agree with where you. supposedly AC standing behind him going, that was mine. But I don't buy that. But either way, that would have been the ultimate flipping of the script. Or maybe the script would have been completely different because instead of being known for coming so close and falling short, that would have been, hey, this was the ultimate underdog team because that team yep. shouldn't have won in New Orleans, shouldn't have won in San Francisco. And then I think we thought they might win in Washington, and but the, they didn't. And the phrase would have been, we're back. Right. I mean, it wouldn't have been anything other than here we go again. Our second. Well, at least at least you two were alive for the first Super Bowl, but you must have been like a week. <laughs> were like you a, born was, in January of seventy six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the the loss for me that absolutely kills me though is the forty one donut. Like that one, I, that was a team where I came in thinking like we're we, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, outside of ninety eight, of course, you know, like yeah. that, that's right. Let's let's but just get the low hanging fruits out of the way. The ninety eight and the 09s are. Are you kidding me? This was ours for the taking. Yeah, well, the 98 one on a bus between North Home and, and uh, Deer, Deer River up there uh, coming back from the Rozo Bantam tournament, right. listening on a scratchy AM radio, <laughs> cutting in and out and hearing that, that ball, ball not go through the uprights. Like I crystal clear in my head to this day. But the 41 Donut game, you know, and, and a little bitter now because they were stealing plays and you know, all the shenanigans that went on, you know, around that game. Right. You know, that one I, I felt like really cheated, you know, later on in life because yeah. of the circumstances around it. It's interesting because I did bring that one up to you. Yeah. And I said, well, 
there was 41 donut. It's not like the game had you, you know, losing fingernails and you couldn't believe this play, this play, or this play. Really, you couldn't believe the first two series, and after that, it was over. But for me, it was deeper than that. It was, all of a sudden, Chris Carter was, I don't know how much I, I can do this. I don't know how long I want to be here. Denny was on thin ice. Randy Moss started the I play when I want to play disinterest card. The Vikings just looked different after that. No, I, I 100% agree. That was a change in a in a direction for sure Right uh, of the organization. Like I said about 87, I think the organization is drastically different with that win. How is and, Jerry Mern's legacy if that game goes oh differently? Gosh, no doubt, right, right, right. You know, a, a game that's similar to that for me is the, uh, is the um, game against Seattle, the Teddy Bridgewater game. Because we didn't have any business being in that the la- the last outside game. Oh, the at, Blair game. Yeah. The okay. Blair I've, I've never heard that one affiliated with Teddy before. I had to think Who, for a second. Guess, guess very, which, the frozen game. Guess yeah. which one of your guys on the microphone couldn't remember Blair Walsh's name? So oh. we went with somebody else. That's a tough one for you to goof up um, though. Right. Blair Welsh would have been interesting. The, uh, the uh, I believe in you. That was the <laughs> Se- that was the Seattle game, right? Yeah. And that was when Seattle was that Seattle team, and uh, it was like. The weather gods equaled everything out. Now we can play with these guys because Seattle should have played right. with us. And we were there, and it was like, okay, this is finally the one that we're going to take back. And, again, just a clank. Well, on that one, I think I was numb by then because I remember where I was. Well, you weren't supposed to watch it outside. <laughs> Lo- you should have stayed inside. That's right. <laughs> locationally speaking, it's funny how we remember where we saw it. You know, Gary Anderson's miss. I was in a college dorm, but we were still up seven points. I remember being frustrated, and I remember being the guy who immediately blamed Gary, but as time's gone on, I've gone, really? We goofed that up in so many different ways. But I remember watching it when I lived in Hunter's Park, just sitting in my bedroom, and we were going to a movie afterwards. And I was like, okay, but we are not leaving till this is over. And I was putting my shoes on, like, well, make or miss, this doesn't have a ton of time left. And he missed, and I'm pretty sure I looked at my TV in my bedroom and went, bleep this, and walked out the door. I just, uh, that's typical. I'm done with this. And, you know, I'm obviously not done because how many years later I'm still paying very close attention. The 09 game bugs me because I had my social media status all ready to go. You know, Brett Favre spends 17 years or whatever in Green Bay, makes it to one Super Bowl, sends Minnesota to one Super Bowl in one year. My Facebook status, ready to hit submit, was. Brett Favre just learned what all of us have thought before. Why did I waste so much time in Wisconsin? I didn't get the post-it. I was going to be so happy to do that one. So the Vikings, they could give us an entire segment yes, worth. they do, could. Do you want to transition off or do you, have, do you have more Vikings to no, talk about? Because there are plenty. Yeah, we'll be here for a while if we don't transition off the Vikings. Well, Probably should have started with the, somebody the else. Last, the last one I would do would be last year because it was just fun. I mean... It sucked with the fourth down, short of the chains. It's Kirk's fault that our defense sucks, whatever. But that season was fun. And it was just kind of, wait a minute, one score game and we lost? We don't do this this year. That was a weird feeling. But I didn't think he actually believed that. But now that Brian said it on the air, I guess it was Kirk's fault that our defense sucked. That's just the narrative. that I, <laughs> That's the narrative I get so oh, tired that was of. A, that wasn't a statement. The State Fair has started it, and the it, mothership it, has it. all their T-shirts. If I could make my own, courtesy of Advantage Emblem, that would be one of mine. It's Kirk's fault that our defense sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, that last year, you know, we've had a couple of fun years that that the the final score, the final game is the miracle season, right? Going to Philly taking it right to them to start with. Yeah. And then the wheels falling off the, the Christian or the Joe Webb game against, against uh, it was Detroit, right? Green Bay. was Green, it? 
I don't remember who it was. Oh, the playoff was, game it was, with Joe it Webb? Was yeah, Green no, Bay. that was the we had one drive and we stopped yeah. running and we watched Joe Webb jump throw and we went, this game's over. Right. They they stopped playing Joe yeah. Webb offense yeah. and decided now we need to slam him back into our regular. We offense. found a way to miss Christian Ponder. That was really amazing. Yep. So we've had oh, a we've had a lot head. of interesting and and kind of fun seasons that have ended spectacularly. All right. Thanks in part to the Vikings and thanks in large part to Paul Charchian's inability to tell time. We've got nine minutes to hit three other franchises. Oh, my gosh. Well, the, the, the Timberwolves will be easy because there's not really many devastating losses in that history other than the one year where they had the three guys that right. made a run and they shouldn't have lost to the Lakers and they did. Well, and that but, wasn't even the season ending loss because it was as soon as Cassell pulled up lame early in that series, you went, we have Derek Martin. This is yeah. probably over. As far as season-ending losses, I told you, honestly, the past season. Because they had, I'm sorry, not the past season that Denver beat them, the season before when That's Memphis beat them. That's the one I them. have known too. Because that was a series where they had game after game after game in their hands and blew you know, unthinkable leads that seemed incapable of losing. Yep. Yet they did it. Yet I think you truly believe that on paper this team can compete with anyone. And instead they did what everybody thought, a first-round exit. Yeah, that that was the one that I had too, and yeah. it was because it wasn't talent, it wasn't referees, it wasn't anything. It was it was emotional intelligence by our team, right? And we just melted down on on the court. Like if Pitt was a coach of a hockey team that did that, there'd be a bunch of guys sitting, right? Right? You can't act like that on the ice, and he would have been coaching high school kids. I can tell you which one didn't matter. Do you remember the Jimmy Butler team that made the playoffs and got absolutely housed by Houston? Yes. So the final game of that series. You and I were the MCs that night for Saints Sports Awards. And I remember when the calendar said what night we were going to do that. And when the schedule for the playoffs came out, you and I were like, oh, man, you know, we're going to be peeking at our phones, checking the score when we're not on a microphone. Well, we really weren't. And then when Saints Sports Awards were done, we peeked at our phones and went, oh, they lost by 30. Moving on. We didn't miss anything. Was that the blue suit night? It it was. yes. Yes. The infamous Northland Sports page previous profile picture. There's a new one. Thanks to the Vikes training camp. But. Yes, that was one of my blue suit nights. It'll be interesting to see what we think about the Wild because I have I have the one game against Bennington in St. Louis when they just absolutely peppered St. Louis and and lost and that was like the okay, this season is now over because there's no way you put 55 on a goalie Right. You should win and come back. But that 55 on the goalie all came from the perimeter. That team. I was going to say, don't aim could, for the logo. That team could not get to the net. And that was the biggest problem with that team. That It was so frustrating because that, that, that is the. The uh, that is exactly the, the definition of a team that is a regular season dynamo and but can't win in the playoffs. You know, it was all. It was all flash and, and skill, and but then when it gets to the playoffs and you got to get inside those dots and get to that net, they couldn't do it because they were just they were undersized, uh, you know, nope. skill guys. They didn't have anybody to protect those guys, and they right. didn't have any real high end skill guys either. Right. So. right. I had three that I thought of. The first was the Stanchion game because I think you really believe that you know this team can pull rabbit out of hat or out of wherever you want, orificely speaking, and they can do this. And then the weirdest bounce on the planet, and it's over. The other one that should have been a bigger deal because they were that close, but that team wasn't good, and I think we knew it, but it was the one playoff series they were favored seed-wise in when J.S. Jaguar just kept beating them. But I don't know how devastated you were because they got swept, you know? Yeah, that Western Conference final was tough because they, they were a better team. But, I mean, that, they, but that was they a made, battle of they, two bad teams. They, they made the goalies change gear size after right. that season. Yeah. That, was, that yep. was how much of a factor that was. The other tough one for me was I think it was Winnipeg that was scoring on basically every shot they took. And I thought, I was sitting at the Pickwick going, you know, the Wild will make a series out of this. Dubnik is pretty good. 
Dubnik was terrible that night. Another one for me was actually the COVID bubble when they lost, I believe, in seven to Flower and Vegas. Just because COVID life then was boring. And you thought, well, maybe this will be the year where there almost wasn't any sports, and then we're finally going to find Minnesota postseason success. Wouldn't that be neat? Nope. As much as COVID made life different, the sports life was still the same. Yeah. Well, and for sure it was. The other one that just popped into my head was, what what season was it when Backstrom tweaked his knee in warmups yeah in warmups yeah. right right there it was a game one or two or right yep. and you know that team had a chance to and then i can't was it harding who yep. came in after yeah, that yep. and he was just he wasn't prepared who became for, a for sadder it. story well yeah, the, the next year right yeah harding the next year couldn't come because you know the rest of it one more with the vikes and timberwolves as much as i shouldn't hit rewind does it matter how old you are because we talked about the vikes at first with 87 i was eight pitt was 11 that first Timberwolves team to actually make the playoffs, the, hey, we don't suck anymore, Marbury, Garnett, Gugliotta. They never had a chance against Houston, but it was actually fun. And then with the Vikes, you brought up Blair Walsh. I had to laugh because I never listened to Phil Mackey. If I want negativity, I go to a different Mackey. But I never <laughs> listened to Phil Mackey. But I found a tweet video of his yesterday. He was talking to Jeremiah Searles about that game. And it was Zimmer in the locker room trying to profess the, this isn't on Blair, we lose as a team. And he finally let us know that there were guys in the back of the locker room mumbling, the bleep is not on Blair. You bet it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you got one job to do. Do it. Right. 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 You're, you're golfing during practice. You got one job. You make that kick. But yeah, so the Wild, I guess, I think we thought it'd be difficult. We came up with plenty. The yeah. Twins is going to be interesting because so many of our season-ending losses bring big smiles to Patosha's face. But which ones do you want to talk about? So there's so many there's so many playoff losses like the the A's series and and the Angels series and all those. But the Twins were bad for so long, right? That there are I don't think there's as many. And and I'm gonna go away from the playoffs because I mean in the big is it that pic- Eric Fox home run? It, I brought no, that up a in, couple weeks in ago. The, in the big picture, this game didn't matter. But in a season that was that we were finally getting better, it mattered a lot. And that was the Yankees 13 to 12 loss, where Jake Cave went into the outfield and proceeded to run around like a seagull chasing bread. Is that the one where Aaron Hicks yes. got the game winning hit and then the game winning diving catch? Yes. on Kepler. Yep, because yeah. the Twins took a big lead. Remember. And it was like, okay, they got a shot here. Right. We're going to torch the Yankees. The only and then Twins we did a fan, Yankee thing. The only Twins fan happy with that outcome was Dan Barrero because he could go, we didn't need him about Hicks. <laughs> That's exactly. And that that one wasn't, you know, a middle of the game there or middle. That was a middle of the season game. It, it didn't right. matter. But, but it set the tone was, yes, for this isn't any did. different. Yes, it did. Absolutely. So for me, a Yankees loss because everybody's got at least one. It's like Spider Man. Everybody gets one. <laughs> but I attended a game where they had the game in the bag. And then Ruben Sierra, of all the stars elsewhere that the Yankees eventually got, Ruben Sierra at age 112 we didn't need hits a three-run homer, I think, off Rincon, and the Twins lose. I remember getting a phone call on my way out, and a friend of mine asked me if I could be in their wedding. And I said yes, but I was like, yeah, fine. Because <laughs> I was just in the worst mood ever. <laughs> the, the game against Houston where Rosario's single or – Line drive, if it's not caught, is, you know, in the corner for a double. You hate that game so I much. Do because that team had something special. And I think they beat Houston if the pitcher stays in. If I mean, pick your poison. Right. Um, that one was very disappointing. Pitt, is this harder for you? Because most twin season ends are things you've been thrilled about. 
Well, no. Well, first of all, I never root for anybody else's demise other than the Green Bay Packers. And that's maybe Aaron, only, maybe Aaron Boone only, by now. It's only, well, no. I, again, I don't. I don't wish anybody any any ill will in that sense. You know. So I. I it's not, and I. And despite being a Yankees fan, I do also enjoy when the Twins are good. I, I appreciate that. I. And as I've told you countless times, my only beef with the Twins is their owner. You know, right, build me a stadium, and I will put a winning product on the team year after. Or Half on the of field that has year, happened year, year, <laughs> year after year, and and it's because he's the third richest owner in baseball, which by by the way is higher on the list than the New York Yankees owner. Right, it's just they don't invest in the team. Which, but maybe he's very smart because perhaps the easy way to stay rich is never spend money. That's well, so, well, he got there for a reason, right? right? I mean, we'll see how the youngest one does. It sounds like at least he has an office. At well, the speaking of the young group, holy cow, twins give you reason to be excited right now with their young kids the way they play. Yeah, they're they just need to. You're right, but they got a bunch of hitters and they don't have a bunch of players, and the ones that get hurt, we gotta. Like I've told you. If they all get healthy at the end of the year, right. they're a dangerous out. But I'll tell you this. We talk about the Vikings being paper thin. you got to hand it to the Twins because they should be paper thin with the amount of injuries they have. Some of the replacements they found have been better. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And some of the guys we were hoping for have completely fuzzled. And then there's the Kepler Mysteria. Right. How halfway through he looked like me. Second half the second MVP. Half he looked like an First half LVP. Guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. The other Twins loss for me that was tough because we got to go to break and get to Dave Hoops. A little bit of an early show today, 9.30 for Dave Hoops. The game 163 that they lost. They had two seasons in a row of playing that extra game. The one that they got beat, it was like the resurgence of White Sox Jim Tomey. I think they lost by a run. Jim Tomey went deep. Ken Griffey Jr. has a very limited White Sox legacy. He has a hose still, shoots down Michael Kadair, which would have been the game's first run. I thought they were better than the White Sox that whole season. Came down to one game to prove it. They didn't. Yeah, no. uh, The the Twins-White Sox rivalry during those times was a lot of fun. So the fact that we won one year and they won the other uh, wasn't terribly surprising. Even though We got lucky we got the Tigers the year after. Right. I mean, but the 163 win, 163 win. I mean, those things, that's kind of how that whole generation of Twins-White Sox were. No doubt. So as I play loser in the background, as the opening topic was toughest losses to get over, how about White Sox and losers? They now have 80 losses on the season. Are they the most underachieving team in baseball this year, or is it Pick not, a New York or San no, Diego? It's not even close. The White Sox, are because of the division and because of the talent they actually have on the roster, I mean, they got rid of it all, so now they don't look like that, but at no the question. beginning of the season they did. If, if, you, if, you, add the, if you add the knockout that uh, Tim Anderson took uh, in that one game, they're going to have one more loss than ever than anybody Everybody else. Yeah. Right. Too bad Tim didn't do better in the fight. It'd be the best hit the White Sox had all year. We got a lot of hits. We're playing all the good ones. This one's from Beck. It's loser. We're a bunch of winners here on the Northland Sports Page. Stick around. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Steve Petosha. Little Here Comes the Sun. Not much in the Northland today. Nice and cool day. Very Dave Cook-like. You're welcome. Right. So you're leaving. But good thing for us, our sponsors never leave us. Paying homage to them this morning. Absolutely. We'll start with Arola Architecture Studio, the original of our sponsors. Thank you, Ryan, for taking us from the start to today and into the future. Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier, carrier in northeastern Minnesota, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road in Proctor and Two Harbors, at Blackwater Downtown and Tavern on the Hill up by the colleges, Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, 
where Aaron test drove a Charger this week. Did he? Yep. Justin He's, Herbert or which one? No, no, no. He test drove the the four door with the with the good motor. He said, like any twenty nine year old red blooded American boy should say, I'm not crazy about the car, but Dad stepping on the gas pedal. Holy smokes, do we go fast? Very nice. I'll step on the gas pedal so we can get to Dave Hoops as well. But more sponsors still to talk about, including our friends at Comfort Systems. They invite you to sign up for a service appointment. Do it online. Simply mention you heard it right here on the Northland Sports page. When you do, you'll receive $20 off that appointment. To do it, just simply visit ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. And a couple of add-ons to what Dave has talked about with the other sponsors. Mount Royal Bottle Shop. They have 10% off all Hoops products today and each and every Saturday. That, of course, is in conjunction with us at the Northland Sports page. And don't forget Wine Wednesdays, which sounds like the perfect mantra for Minnesota sports. But that's Wine, W-I-N-E. 10% off all of their wine selection on Wednesdays. And speaking of Wednesdays, Blackwater, a good place to be every Wednesday's Healthcare Professionals Day. With your valid work badge, you'll get 20% off all your food and drink at Blackwater. Good place to bring food and drink from other establishments, of course, is Hoops Brewing as well. Absolutely, Brian. We've done that before. I know we have. with Steve and, and everybody, we order a little bit, drink your beer there, order a little bit of food from around. And I mean, the tables and the environment and the setting at Hoops is so awesome. Bring a little food in and have a, have a time. No doubt about it. One of the best atmospheres in town. That atmosphere is always set forth by this man, Dave Hoops, who sets the atmosphere on this show every Saturday as well. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Uh, great. Good morning, guys. Uh, good show so far. Nice to, nice to hear from you. Nice to hear you as well. I know you've got some takes on this because we all know heartbreak. Anybody who has Minnesota sports fan experience knows it all too well. We talked about season enders. What sticks out for you? Uh, well, I'm old enough that I I actually got to watch the Super Bowls. I got time. I'm in Dave's age, or even older, and so I remember wow. uh, the Raiders. Raiders lost yeah, in the Super the Bowl was a problem for me. I remember the um, the '87 loss is yeah. You guys nailed that one pretty good because I was working at Lake Air Bottle Shop and I had a huge bet with all these legendary older guys who were my mentors. Not that the Vikings were going to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, Doug Williams became the story. But um, that was really tough. Um, and the, the fire bowl was really tough because I blame Mustache for that loss, not yeah. him or Chilling. New Orleans. Yeah, the inability to yeah. count to 11 or the ability to count past yeah. it, apparently. Yep. And your comment about Burns was wonderful because um, my dad was a friend of his. So when I was young, I, I I got to hang out at his house a little bit and stuff. He was just an awesome guy, like everybody's grandpa. Well, now he I have to ask. Legend. I have to cut you off real quick. If you hung out at Jerry Burns' house, I have to ask if the off-the-mic language was as salty or saltier as he appeared most of the time. How many F-bombs did you learn from Burnsy? Full-time. He lived in New York. <laughs> That's outstanding. Um, yeah, like you get out of the car and you're greeted with the... I'm not going to go there. But you know what I'm saying. He knows his radio rules. I like that comment. Brian, you remember Millard's Millard's story about him. Uh, Dave, did you ever see a fully decorated uh, Christmas tree in uh, any month other than December? Because apparently that's also a thing with Jerry Burns. I did not, but I don't have a memory of that. So sorry. Well, we'll let Dave tell the story. Yeah, Millard said going to Jerry's house any time of the year, he wasn't a huge fan of decorating for Christmas. He he wanted to have the decoration, so he he just left the Christmas tree up all year long. Wow, my wife would have loved Jerry Burns for that reason. (laughs) My wife is a big fan of decorating for Christmas, just not a big fan of taking it down. So that's the interesting part. Speaking of taking it down, Dave Hoops, Steve and I are going to take our game down to Hoops Brewing today to watch the preseason finale for the Vikings Good day to come in, enjoy some good beer, and enjoy a little bit of football as well. 
Yeah, uh, that's great. I went to the game last week, and um, I was much more impressed with the stadium than I was with the Vikings. But um, let's just say that this week, like you guys said, it's just fun to watch the guys play. I'm glad you're going down. It'll be on every channel, of course. And if you happen to wear a jersey, you get free beer. Even Packers fans get that um, wow. bonus. Little bit Can't of love ever there. say you're not charitable enough. How much That's that huge. Can, how much is that going to cost? How about, a, how about a Viking-colored Northland Sports Page polo? Does that qualify? Well, you and the free beer, uh, we have off-camera discussion about that, Brian. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, they are kind of synonymous. I want to thank you for your sponsorship of this show, but sponsorship of the Viking postgame show that's going to start later today as well. We're happy to have you on board that one. I'm honored, and I can't wait to listen to it. You guys are going to kill it. It's going to be great. It is going to be fun. I had some friends ask me this morning if I'm going to be able to hide the frustration throughout the year. I hope that being able to talk about games in the immediate is going to prove therapeutic, but we'll see. I think the other side of that coin, though, too, is they're obviously going to win some games. It's going to be fun to express joy and excitement when they do. That'll be a joy. Well, Pitt knows this. Just have me call in once in a while if you want some sunshine and happiness. I got plenty. Absolutely. Amen. There is a reason why your bumping music today, Dave Hoops, was one of your favorites. Here comes the sun, because you are certainly a ray of sunshine that is sorely needed in Minnesota sports. Speaking of sunshine in Minnesota, the great Minnesota sweat together, the state fair is underway. I have friends that live and die by this event. I have friends that don't care at all. Where do you fall on that one? Well, thanks for asking. I'm a live and die. Um, I'll tell you a really quick, funny story. When the kids were little, I was the guy with Finn in the stroller and Daisy on my hand taking them while my wife, Laura, was like, you are an idiot, laughing at me, staying up here. So I, I love it, and uh, I will be there on Tuesday uh, with um, my son and, and his lady, and then I'm going to go to the Twins game on Wednesday against Cleveland that will continue to gap this lead. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. I like the animals the most, really. Now, we talked about this kind of being the end of a season and the start of another season, at least in terms of school, in terms of weather perhaps, although it's going to get very warm again next week. I want to ask you about fantasy football because soon we're going to do that on the regular. But with our show league drafting tomorrow, I can't ask any strategery, as Will Farrell would say, questions right now. You don't want to give that away. I will tell you one thing that is going to surprise all you guys, and it does me too. I just don't understand the cosmos at all. I have five teams. I always have five teams. It's not that big a number. They've, they've existed forever with you. I'm proud to be part of yours. I'm bringing this up because I got the last pick in every draft. What are the odds of that? I like that spot, okay, though. So I like being at the turn because it makes decisions easier. You got two guys you like, grab them both. I've always loved that spot. Yeah, right. Say so if that, you wanted you guys, two tight ends. Yeah. Say if you wanted yeah, two tight ends well, again. Go ahead. <laughs> there's a problem with that. I didn't eyeball your scoring, which is mm, enough. So that was my bad. Never again. But anyway, you guys, what are the odds? It, it's just really – so, yes, I know what I'm going to do, and I bet I get the similar league and – yeah, yeah. The first it is interesting. I, I will have my eyes locked on where Justin Herbert goes because I know that will shape your draft in one way or the other. You might be surprised. I got a few curveballs this year, and I, I'm looking. You and I are both going to the game tomorrow, so we've just got to get our butts back up there, and it'll be fun. I'm excited for the draft. Absolutely. Have a good time tomorrow at the game. I'm actually now not going to the game. You know this all too well. I've got canine obligations tomorrow that I wasn't planning on. So I'm not going, but you know what it's like to miss city strips due to canine obligations. So you and I, we live a similar life from time to time. 
But speaking of curveballs, Dave Cook throws some good ones with his life-altering questions. Let's see what he's got today. All right. Well, I got a couple of them today, Brian. It should be it should be fun. Uh, Dave, I want to ask this question. I think it's timely. So we all listen to sports and we all watch sports. Dave, in in your opinion, and gentlemen, what makes a great sports after post game show? So the post game show. What makes a great one? Since we're starting one, let's uh, let's get it out there. My hope is Steve Petosha because I brought him in for one. Go ahead, Dave. That's a great question, Dave. And and of course, you know, sports is just always on at my house, and that's no big shock. But this is you, everybody's going to roll eyes except Brian. But uh, Monday starts for me. You know, Fourth of July is Wimbledon. Labor Day is U.S. Open, and I'm bringing this up because their post game is tremendous. Uh, just tremendous. And, and oftentimes it's at two in the morning because I love the thing about the U.S. Open where they play under the lights at night. So what makes a great, great after, um, and the NHL channel does a good job too. It's about having experts who are engaging who you don't dislike and throw opinions out that frankly I agree with. There you go. That's it. <laughs> I like that last part. It's a good post game if I feel the same way. <laughs> Steve, go ahead. <laughs> That's uh, we're I'm, we might be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we check off expert or people like right. So, right. <laughs> Dave, I got a quick question for you uh, regarding. I wanted to hear your post game loves. My, what makes a good one? Uh, oh. We all have to answer the question. That's how this works. Oh yeah, I was trying. He to, was moving on. I was. <laughs> Segways are going to be tougher time with Steve. No I more. can tell. Go ahead. Time yeah. for no more. Oh, we have time for two more. You and me. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think the callers make a great post game show. I think uh, the engagement of the fans and and you know I think that passion when it comes through. I think that's any, in anything whether you're you're talking about the game afterwards, talking about it before. I think that any time that the fan base and that passion can uh, can light up the, the the microphone, that's a good thing. Right. I think passion is the big one. I used to think the good post game shows are just off of wins because you want to ride the happiness and. The loss you just want to put behind you. But again, the therapeutic angle. I've found myself, you know, listening harder to post games after losses because I want to see if people are as upset about the same things that I am or if there's something that I didn't see. But I think passion is the big one. But I love what Steve said. I hope interaction and callers make the difference because otherwise the show that we're debuting today, people can hear Steve and I talk enough. <laughs> um, so question two, we're going we're gonna to bring it back to the brewery here real quick. So back in December, when we uh, when the family went to see Dad one last time, he wanted to have a beer with the family, and um, so he broke out the beer that he had, and everybody poured it, and it didn't look right. And the born on dating was 2016, uh, so it wasn't. But I'm wondering, Dave, guys, um, what red flags a beer to you when when you either get a beer or you're in a place and you're going to order it? What's kind of like the oh, do I want to do this moment? Well, a lot of different things. Uh, obviously, if you go to your, your somebody's house and they're storing their beer in the basement or, or, or warm, then you, you don't want that. But if you go to a bar where you had some trouble maybe with something in the glass, like chunks or, um, you know, kind of greasy looking glassware or something, then you know you need to wear cans because it might not taste good. And really smell that's a huge one. Anything that doesn't smell fresh and, you know, malty and bready or hoppy, shy away from it. I wrote an article a few weeks back about how to return a beer. If you look it up on the DNT, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Well, see, I saw it, but I didn't read it because when I go to hoops, I've never had to return anything. But Dave is spot on with the smell part. I have a sizable nose. I'll gladly admit that. 
but I don't know if I drink anything without putting my nose right up to it first. The other thing, Dave, I don't know if you feel this way or not, but for me, it's the pour at a bar. If I see nothing but foam and a little bit of beer, I'm automatically not going to like it. Yeah, that's a good call. There should be about two fingers of foam in, in like a 20 ounce pint like we have. It's 16 ounce pint, you know, smaller glasses, the shaker pints, maybe, maybe one finger. You want to see that head. And then when you drink from that glass, you want to see a little bit of lacing left behind. It's pretty. It means the glass is clean. It's all really basic stuff. Well, th- this question kind of is, uh, it's a, it was a great lead into my question for you here. I was going to get that in regardless. Yes, I was. Um, we got a new fridge and it's going through the old fridge and uh, I found a cherry uh, ale in the back of it. How, if I buy a beer at Christmas from hoops and it's been canned, how long, how long is that good for in my fridge? It's a great question. Um, we test this. We say three months, no problem. Really it's six months, pretty much guaranteed. And there's many of those beers, especially cherry. I open a year later and they still taste good. So uh, I'd say six months is, is a really a safe bet as long as it's kept cold. And sometimes you'll get an outlier like that and you'll be surprised. But do the same thing. If you have any of those uh, towels, dump it away if it's cold. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. But I would have said, just risk it. It's cherry ale. You just go ahead. So the next question is going to go a different path. And I'm tentatively stepping into this one. So last week, probably my favorite wrestler in decades passed, uh, or uh, surprisingly, Bray Wyatt died of a heart attack, and he's as creative as any wrestler ever. Anyways, I am interested in knowing, gentlemen, what uh, star's passing ever surprised you when you went, oh, you're kidding me, that guy died? Or that lady died? Well, you know, there's two... I knew it would happen, but I wasn't ready. Walter Payton really hurt me. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Kobe. Kobe, that accident situation. Yeah, but and I cried pretty hard when Kirby died. I was on my feet. So those are, they just quickly come to mind, those three. Uh, for me, I, it, I guess it was, shouldn't have been a shock. It wasn't like he was you know, a, a young person at the time. But when George Carlin died, that, uh, yeah, that's a good that one. one that one kind of smacked me in the face because that was, I used to, walk up to the old Kenwood video and rent uh, his, his videos at an age. I should have not been allowed to rent his videos. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not sure you should now. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, when George Carlin passed and then I'm a huge grateful dead fan. So uh, I got a call at about six o'clock in the morning from one of my good friends to tell me when the morning Jerry Garcia had passed. Sure. So yeah, no, that's a tough one. I think for me, Steve kind of opened up the comedy window because I remember hearing about John Candy and going, what? Because point. I still felt like there were tons of good movies that, that could have been, you know, part of his legacy. Yeah, Belushi was the same then. Right. Those, those two guys kind of were... Farley. The other yeah. piece was, you know, Dave kind of meatloafed it. Two out of the other three I had left were Kirby and Kobe. The other one for me, quite frankly, and it's not as though I, you know, worshipped the guy at the time. He was very weird. He had a lot of issues. But Michael Jackson just seemed like nothing was ever going to happen to him. There might have been a lot of things happening to him in the legal sense or, you know, maybe his music career was going to make a comeback but you didn't think he was going to be gone. Right. And I remember that just being an awe-striking day. That is one of the days where, you know, obviously there are other ones, 9-11, what have you, but that is one of the days where I watch more news than I ever thought I would. Yeah, nope, that's that's a good one. So on to something happier then. Do I have time for yeah. the last one? Time for All one right. more. So so we have the Harbor Monsters coming into uh, existence here, 
And we've all seen or been a part of a different league coming into the area, whether it was the Clydesdales way back, the Huskies coming in for the Dukes. We've all seen new new leagues come in, new teams come in. So, guys, what do you think the keys are for the Harbor Monsters to be a success? Uh, well, I'll tell you what the key for this team is. I'm sponsoring it. There you so, I was going to say, community yeah, engagement. They've got you. They're set. Well, you know, we're going to do some beer stuff. We're going to get the guys down there. Um, uh, uh, Tim, um, what's his name? Tim Raiders Brown. Guy is involved. Tim Brown, the commissioner. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So what we Friend really need show, is we need, yeah, we need people to get behind it. And we need, you know, uh, social media, uh, you know, advertising. And we need some celebrities to embrace it. And then, of course, like I said, we'll make a beer for it. So I'm cheating there, but there's one thing. Well, Dave Hoops is one of those celebrities already embracing it. I agree. It's got to be community engagement. It's got to be awareness because you look at teams that have stumbled, the Lumberjacks before, the Clydesdales, the Huskies have gone down. Most of the time, the community wasn't aware. We got to change that with these. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got to be inviting to your fan base. You've got to be... You got, you've got to open the doors to the community to let them come in and, and you know, more or less, you know, touch yeah. the product. No it, question about that. The focus. We will yep. invite you to go into Hoops Brewing and touch the product. That's part of the plan for me and Steve Vitosha today. Dave Hoops, we appreciate you. We'll see you later today, we hope. Hopefully I'll see you guys down there. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Enjoy Dave. the rest of the show. And we're back on the Northland Sports page. A little bit of money talk there, courtesy of the OJs. Money, of course, means buy or sell. It's one of our money segments here on the Northland Sports page. We'll get right to it. It's Brian Prudhomme, it's Dave Cook, it's Steve Petosha. We'll let Steve determine the order today. But buy or sell works like this. I'm going to give a statement for each of the four major leagues, MLB, NHL, NBA, and of course NFL. And if you agree with what I'm saying, you say buy and you tell me why. If you disagree with what I'm saying, you say sell and you tell me why. And again, Steve Petosha, you get the responsibility of determining the order with which we play today. How would you like to start? Uh, I'd like to sell. Oh, wait. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> That's the easiest way to make money. I like that. How about the Twins? You, so you want to go with Major League Baseball? Let's go with Major League Baseball. All right. So Major League Baseball this week actually does not pertain to the Twins, but a pseudo-legend retired this week. He was certainly a big name for a short era, if you will. Steven Strasburg's career is over. Buy or sell that you consider his career a success? Well, I guess um, you got to define success then, I guess, don't That's you? That's kind of what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. Uh, he gets the bit. I, had, <laughs> I, I buy his, his, his career as a success. So, um, you know, came to the major leagues, signed, signed a couple good contracts, you know, did something that a lot of people in the world never get an opportunity to do. Right. I mean, I, I think that's a pretty successful career. So I will agree with Steve in the things he said. Right, especially in theory, he's correct. correct. Is it enough? Correct, and and don't forget, he's got a big ring too. Yeah, um, but he came in as the best pitching prospect in generations. Like he was hitting 104 when he was a kid and blew his arm, and turned himself into a, a you know kind of a junk ball pitcher, but a successful one. But he could have been could have been so much more. Uh, right. As far that's, as that's what begs the question. I mean, the guy was 50 plus games over 500 did win triple digits. I know yeah. the win is not a big pitching stat anymore, 
but when he was on, he was on, but he wasn't on the field very much. Right, and then injuries got him. And it's tough when when you have injuries in professional athletics, especially to guys who could be superstars, and that's where Strasburg is. Right. So, yes, a success because he did all the things that we consider successful. He just did them in half the time and at three-quarters of the miles an hour. He didn't right. meet, He didn't meet – other people's expectations, but it's a success. Right. He was successful. I was going to yep. say, I'll hesitantly yep. buy that as well. I yep. mean, he's got the World Series MVP. That was amazing. But I feel like he's akin to linebacker guy for Seattle that won the Super Bowl MVP that nobody remembers. Yeah, I feel like Strasburg will be that World Series MVP. The crazy part to me is he's got the most strikeouts in Expos slash Nationals franchise history. He wasn't around that much. That's either an indictment on the rest of that franchise or, holy cow, is he a strikeout pitcher? It might be a little bit of both. Yeah, it's an indictment on the organization. Let's feel free to get rid of all of our guys who are in the Hall of Fame before they You know who should feel incredibly vindicated is Davey Johnson because he took so much heat for shutting this kid down early on in his career trying to save him. Somebody didn't save him enough. The health issues just continued. You know, talking about success and, and career... So he was very much like Ben McDonald and uh, Todd Van Poppel, who you yes, brought up earlier in the week. And I neither did. of those two guys made it. And they had the same coming into baseball, the same kind of things, big, fast, all those things. So, yeah, I guess success is Strasburg's. All right, Steve, what is next? Baseball down, three to go. Uh, NBA. NBA. Dave Cook gave me this one and didn't even know it. We were having a discussion earlier this week and he asked me a question. And I said, well, is it OK if I don't say a word because you just wrecked by yourself? So my NBA buy or sell, Anthony Edwards is a big part of Team USA right now. Buy or sell that is experienced there is going to lead to an even bigger season. Absolutely buy that. I think you put put them around, you know, let's let's be honest, that's those those guys on that team are are supposed to be the best American basketball players in the world. So I don't think there's anything negative that really comes from other than the fact that they might talk them out of, you know, re-signing in Minnesota, you know, because it's so much nicer where they play. That'd be the only concern I would have. But let's be honest, they do that anyway. Right. So uh, I absolutely think that that's fantastic. Yeah, I think I think Pitt's right. Plus, you got to put Steve Kerr in the mix, so he's getting some coaching that's at a different level. Although he wasn't real thrilled with it, he told Steve Kerr, "What are you doing, bringing me off the bench?" Uh, well, but that's okay. You right. know, that's the kind of coaching he's getting. It's not Rudy Gobert where Rudy's you know, 34 on 50 year old knees playing in this. Uh, I think it's, I think he's definitely going to come back probably as a leader. See, that's the interesting piece. I'm glad you brought that up because I agree. I'll buy that. It's going to lead to bigger things. I think he's already a leader because Steve Kerr said, Hey man, Kobe came off the bench and Anthony Edwards said, okay, but Kobe's not on this team. What am I doing coming (laughs) off the bench? That's the kind of confidence you want. But I do find it interesting that, you know, cat is playing for Dominican Republic. Rudy's doing his thing for France. And the Timberwolves fan base wants to chastise both of them for doing it. So don't tell me we don't know who we like and who we don't like. I think it's going to be good for all three. I understand the injury concerns maybe for Gobert, but I think we're going to appreciate all three of them doing this, even though it looks like Cat is just practicing getting on different level referees. So two down, two to go, but we are pressed for time because that's my thing. Where are we going next? Uh, The Wild. Or NHL. It is the Wild. It's a good enough call. So last week I talked about fantasy projections and Kirill Kaprizov is projected to have a career high points total season. The third most important player listed for the wild is Eric Sinek. Buy or sell that he's more important than third in the pecking order. Boy, I, 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 what if, what if 
you think he's appropriately <laughs> yeah sell. I, so I'm kind of with you. Then you'd sell and say third is good. I think yeah, I think I think third is right where he should be. I think that uh, number one is is Kirill uh, and number two is whoever in, in net, and number three is Eric Sinek because we saw with what they didn't have last year when he wasn't in the lineup. You know, a, a, a penalty killer, uh, face-off guy. Those those two things killed them in the playoffs. Right. I'm reminded of Ricky Bobby in Talladega Nights when it's like, if you ain't first or last, well, that's not true. You can be second, third, fourth. Hell, you can even be fifth. I think there's some merit to that because Pitt hit on some of it. I think Boldy's more important than Erickson Eck, even though Erickson Eck plays the center position. I think Zuccarello, for a veteran presence, has a chance to be more important. Obviously, if it's Gus Buss or still trying to get something out of Flower, that's huge. Erickson Eck, hell, he can even be fifth for me. <laughs> It could be Brock Favor because he's, you know. Because he's a gopher. Moving right, on. Right. Go ahead. Next, 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 next. Who do we got? All right. NFL, and I'm bummed that we don't have a ton of time for this because this isn't really X's and O's or even on the field. This is a deep cut, and I think we could have fun with it. I think I know where two of three of us will go. The third one's the mystery to me. So football season is almost here, which means fantasy football season is very much almost here. Buy or sell that fantasy football is more fun than actual professional football. I'll buy it because I, I would care less about a lot of the other games going on other than the Vikings game. It wasn't for fantasy football. Now I care about the Dolphins versus the the Falcons. Because you got three guys in there, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Otherwise, I would never. I wouldn't give two thoughts to it. So I think it. I think fantasy football makes regular football more fun. I don't. However, I agree. I would have got this right so far. I, I agree with Pitt that I pay attention more. I don't know if it makes those games fun because I'm come on ATN one more carry and I'm just watching the box score right right and so well, the rest of us watch games that's the difference okay well that could be the difference as well right so okay that's my take on it not a whole lot of more fun but I do pay more attention well and I've kind of fought this backwards and forwards because I can buy and I can sell for different reasons because I play in four leagues now and I love it but I stepped away for a long time because I didn't love it because it got me rooting for ridiculous things. There were years where I had Aaron Rodgers, which you and I have talked about. That's like making a deal with the devil. You want Green Bay to lose, but you have Rodgers, so you're rooting for them to lose 42-35, to 35, and he lights it up in the process. So it made football weird, but it certainly made me know a lot more about it because of the attention that you do pay. And I think sometimes it depends on how's your favorite team doing. I mean, in the Leslie Frazier era, thank goodness I was playing fantasy <laughs> football because watching real football wasn't fun at all. Last year, there was a mix. The Vikes were coming through in the clutch on the regular, and my fantasy team was doing the reverse. Yeah, I, I think it absolutely, it just keeps you engaged, especially when your team's not doing very well. I've asked this question before. Which win is more important to you, the oh, fantasy team or your favorite team? Oh, the Vikings, 100%. No doubt. 100%. With, with, without a doubt. I could have thousands upon thousands of dollars riding on fantasy leagues and go winless. And if the Vikings finally get that elusive ring... I don't care. I yep. wouldn't care. That tells you the amount of money I'd pay to get a Super Bowl championship. Just one before I die. That's what they say. As long as the Wolfs are willing to pay that same price, that's all. It's not and the poll ads. You got a shot. Yeah, that's right. Hour number one is done. We're going to talk more Vikings in a moment. Chad Greenway is going to join us. It is preseason finale day for the Vikes. They kick off at noon, pregame at 11. That's why we're so early today. Hour one is done. Hour two is next. Stick around. We'll be right back.